You're listening to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where the leading SEO, pay-per-click, social media, content marketing, and email marketing authorities come to share their secrets. Now, please welcome your host, online marketing expert, OneClick Lindsay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast. I am your host, OneClick Lindsay, and today I have Mr. Justin Crane with us. He is a money strategist for business owners. And the reason why I'm having him on the show today is because the number one thing that most people say when they're ready to start generating traffic and leads for their website is, I can't afford it, or how will I ever afford that? Because the online marketing game does cost one thing, and either that's time or money, and I recommend putting some money on it because it always works. But we're going to ask Justin how we can make that possible in our life since he knows everything about money. So welcome to the show, Justin. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to being here. And let's dive right into it. Okay. Uh, well, first and foremost, what makes I, – I, let, let's just kind of warm people up a little bit. What yeah. makes you Mr. Money? Tell me why you know so much about it. Well, um, I'm a CFP, Certified Financial Planner. I manage close to $100 million for my clients. And in working with them, um, looking at you know, how much money do you need to save for retirement? What do you have to do to get your kids to go through school? Um, how much do you need to um, make in your business to pay down debt? I started seeing that a lot of business owners didn't really understand what was going on in their business. Like, the personal money they kind of get, but no one was giving them any idea as to how much money they're making, what kind of strategies they should be doing to to grow what they're doing. And I just I just ran with it. I was like, wow, okay, the bookkeepers, they're just doing data entry, mm-hmm. the tax, you know, the CPAs, they're doing tax planning. But where do people go for like money advice for their business? And I was like, I, I don't know. There's there's no there's no real industry for that. Yeah, and I was like, it, it I got to like hit there that. Should be. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to hit that. And I've been doing it for um, almost nine years. And it's just been so much fun. That's I love awesome. it. I love helping people with their business money because it's, it's this big black hole and everyone wants to put their head in the sand and hide under the covers and suck their thumb. And it doesn't have to be that bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, fair enough. So when, if I come to you, like if I'm like, Justin, help me out with my business money, how yeah. much do I have to share with you? I share with you some tax returns. Like what do I, what, what all do I have to show you? Your books. So as long as someone has a set of books, whether it's QuickBooks, FreshBooks, Xero, um, a few of the online ones, um, that is really the first step into understanding your numbers and then how to be strategic with them. I see. Cool. Very cool. And so can you give me like a, a quick case study, like small business comes to Justin, he looks at their books and all of a sudden they have tons of cash flow. Or they don't. <laughs> or they don't. Yeah. Some common things is like, um, <clears throat> uh, let's say that you're hiring the wrong employees. You're hiring people, whether they're an independent contractor. I mean, this is Traffic and Leads podcast, so let's go with an, a simple example of hiring a virtual assistant. Okay. You're hiring a virtual assistant. You're paying them, let's say, $50 an hour, and they're taking things off of your plate, right? They're freeing up your time. Right. 
and that is going to free up your time, but they're not necessarily going to make you any money in doing anything like that. They're just going to take stuff off your plate. So now it's up to you with that free time to go out there and make some money. And I always like to use a three times ROI rule. So if you're spending $1,000 a month on a virtual assistant, you need to make $3,000 off of that investment. So if the VA can't make you money, then you have got to make that money with the new time that you now have. And how but do you generally, track that? How are you going to track that? Well, that's where people like you come in. What are you doing with your time? Are you running, you know, online ads? Are you going to trade shows? Are you speaking? Are you blogging? What are you doing with that new time? And then you can track that with, you know, all sorts of things like opt-in pages or, you know, audiences that you build or, you know, whatever it is. But the mistake that business owners make is the ROI is not big enough and it doesn't come quick enough. That's what happens. So when you look at like someone's books, you see all of these expenses, which are expenses, but I, I like to view them as investments. But when people make those investments, the money doesn't come back. And then they've tied that money up in hiring someone where it hasn't worked. And then they're like, oh boy, you know, I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul now. Like I don't have enough cash in the bank. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's really, really important to track your investments and make sure that there's an ROI on that. Wow, that's awesome. So you you kind of brought up uh, hiring VAs and stuff like that. So I wanted to ask you your opinion on like hiring contractors and such through Upwork or Elance. Like, do you think that's a good idea? Do you have a financial perspective on that? I think it is a good idea. Um, um, I, I have two opinions. And one is it's great to hire someone out for a project whether it's Elance, Upwork, or whatever the new name is that they're going with. But I also really believe, Lindsay, it's very important for business owners to hire employees. Really? Why? Yes. Because when you're hiring an employee, they're working for you, and you own them via your time. If you're hiring a VA, they don't just work for you. They're working with 30 other people, and if you have projects, launches, Um, systems that you're running, you are just one of many clients that your VA has, and he or she may not get back to you right away. And there's something about having someone that sits in an office with you that's going to do the stuff that you want that will be dedicated to you. So would you recommend I hire a VA in-house as an employee and pay them all that wonderful vacation time and sick time and all that time? Is that what you recommend? You don't have to hire someone full-time. You can hire someone <laughs> part-time where you don't have to pay them vacation, sick time, and all that. But you do have to pay payroll taxes on that. Yeah. I think one of the biggest myths everyone thinks is, oh, I'll just hire a VA and everything's fine. But the mistake that people make is they're not hiring the right skill set for the right job. If they're hiring someone, and that could either be a VA or an employee, but the, I, I just I think everyone is going so far to the right with VAs that there's nothing wrong with hiring an employee as long as you can afford it and you understand um, how you're going to make money off of it. Mm-hmm. So hiring an employee who's going to do marketing for you, they need to make the ROI. If they're not doing the ROI on that, like business development, then they're not a good hire. But if someone is doing that, then great. Why wouldn't you want that? Fair enough. Fair enough. And and So let me sum that up. So you think 
your feeling is, your professional opinion, actually, I should say, is hire employees because basically they're dedicated to you and you can basically get more done with them than a, than a contract worker. I, yes, I do think that. However, I also think that if you have limited amount of money, you can start off with a contractor. And if they're really good, you can turn them into an employee. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So let's talk about the big question I wanted to ask you and why I have you on the show, which is when you're talking about like doing search engine optimization or pay-per-click or Facebook ads and stuff like that, everyone says, I don't have enough money. So what is your answer to that? Of course you do. You just don't <laughs> know where to look for it, and it's hidden under your mattress. Oh, yes. I'll be right back. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone has money to invest in ads, traffic, SEO, blah, blah, blah. You do. You don't have to have a lot of money. You could literally invest $10 a day, $5 a day, and run an ad. Yes. Plus, if you do it for, let's just say, $10 a day, that's $300 a month, you don't have to do it every day. You can do it for three days. Yeah. You yeah. can invest 30 I call it getting your money floaties on. Everyone thinks they <laughs> need to jump. Everyone thinks that they need to jump in the deep end of the pool. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't have to be a Richard Branson and think you're all you know, hot stuff. You can put your money floaties on, get in the shallow end of the pool, dip your toe in the water, and take some risk because nothing ventured, nothing gained. And it's a mindset issue. Everyone who says they don't have money to invest, they're poverty thinkers. They think about lack. They think about what could go wrong. I want everyone to be a prosperity thinker. I want you to believe that you can create and manifest the financial life that you want based on you taking action. Wow. Is that part of when I hire you as my business financial consultant? Do you, do you lecture business owners about such a thing and how important that is for your financial stability? Yes. That's really cool. 100%. But I don't call it lecture. I call it having a glass of wine with Uncle Justin. <laughs> oh, Uncle Justin. That's right. <laughs> Everyone needs to chill out, relax, have a glass of wine, a cup of coffee, tea, have another glass of wine, whatever it is, and kind of get your head out of the sand with the numbers and be like, okay, I might be so overwhelmed and freaked out about it all, but at least I can make just a teeny weeny level of progress to taking more control of my money so that I'll make more profits and have more money in the bank and you know all of that. Have you been surprised by people, like when people come to you, like I definitely view going, or when I first started business, I'll say right now, not so much, but when I first started business, like if I were to go to someone like you, it'd be almost like airing my dirty laundry, like things aren't going that great, you know, because all small businesses have struggles at the beginning, and it's like, I don't want Justin to see that. Are you surprised at how much business owners try not to look at the numbers just because they might be a little embarrassed? No, I am not surprised. <laughs> but you see it. You do yeah. see it. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm fully not. No, I think that a lot of business owners don't want to deal with it. They have conversations in their head like, where did all of the money go? Yeah. Like, where did the money go? And they're saying to themselves, I left my corporate job and I'm making this? Oh, this is bad. Like, how and what they're what they see is they're seeing their friends and peers on Facebook taking an amazing vacation yeah. while they're working seventy thousand hours a day, and they got Kaputniksville in the bank account, and they're 
freaking out about how they're going to make ends meet. And I think it is about taking control of what's going to make things better. And oftentimes it's the drivers of the results, not the results themselves. We can talk more about that if you want, because I have a couple of analogies. Go for it. I love your analogies, Uncle Justin. Thank you. We're gathered around. Yeah. So um, with your wine, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. So if you're like, if you do a whole launch and your launch isn't successful, well, you can blame it on the launch. But if you look at the drivers of the launch, such as how many people are on your email list, how many people open them, and how many people click them, then those are the drivers to the success of your launch. But if you don't have as many people on that list that are taking action and clicking and all that, the results are not going to be there. So rather than just looking at what the results are, look at the drivers of your sales, not just the sales themselves. Fair enough. That That is, it's like if you want to like, lose 15 pounds, you're not going to get on the scale every day and say, geez, nothing happened. You're going to start tracking how many calories you eat and how often you exercise. That is so true. So next launch, we need double the people on our list or we need to make those email subject lines a little more sexy to get opens. That's, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You need to track those things that are going to drive it. Are they more joint venture partners? Is it a bigger email list? Is it more engaged? Is it, you know... Uh, is the engagement more on video than it is on, um, you know, I don't know, email, you know, where are you getting, where are you, where is the traffic really working? Um, and there are a lot of people out there, Lindsay, uh, that, that do traffic, right? They, they're, they're launch people. They run ads and they look at the numbers and all that, but that you have to also look at the money in your bank, those numbers too. Because well, you those don't are have the like money. those are the numbers where we like that's the final number, right? Like that's why yeah. we're all doing this. Correct, correct. But like people will say, cost per lead, lead acquisition, oh, right. you right. know, cost per email open, you know, you know, ROI on that. But like, I'm I'm interested equally in what's your profitability for every dollar that comes into your business. Are you making twenty cents? You making forty cents? How much money can you take out of your business so that you can live and have a life? Are you taking too much out? Is there not enough cash in there? Are you constantly having to say yes to a bunch of work because you need the money? But that's, you know, and then you're, then that gets into the whole thing of like not being able to say no because you need the money. And then, you know, you're just take you're doing the wrong client work or whatever. And then when you have money in the bank, you can say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. Wow. And I'm guessing like a big part of that is tracking what you and your your employees or contractors are doing throughout the day. Like that's got to be like the big thing, right? Um, I think that's part of it. Um, I think that um, it depends what kind of business you're in. Yeah, if you're going to have employees or staff, yeah, that's definitely a line item. Um, there's all sorts of other things like um, if you have an office like rent, Mm. Um, it all, it's also tracking your top three, like tracking is a biggie, right, Lindsay? So like, maybe you want to track the top three things you sell. Maybe it's a coaching program, um, a live event and, um, a paid webinar. So those three things should be line items on your profit and loss statement. So every month you can see how they're doing rather than just one line that says sales. I like that. Then, then you're like, not, you have no clue on what's working. And then when it comes time to buying traffic and leads, 
you don't know which of the three things that you're selling are ultimately converting and doing well. Love it. Love it. Hey, it's One Click Lindsay here. Are you confused at how to start generating more traffic and leads for your small business? Visit our website at trafficandleadspodcast.com and sign up for our 14 Days to More Traffic and Leads free email course. Each day for 14 days, you will receive an email that will lead you along the path of generating more traffic and leads for your small business. Sign up for free at trafficandleadspodcast.com or oneclicklindsay.com. Now back to the show. So I happen to be a huge, like I, I get into the analytics, like all these cost per leads and cost per email open rate that you were talking about. Like those are the kind of things that interest me. The thing that doesn't interest me too much is all the money stuff. So I, I have a CFO that handles all of that. He knows all, every single penny coming in and out. So what do you say to people who are like non-numbers people and how to be smart with their money? I say this. Have a glass of wine with me. <laughs> you do not have to. You do not have to be a numbers person, and you should not be doing all of the numbers stuff. Yeah. If you got into business to, you know, be an interior designer, then be an interior designer. You don't have to be the CFO of your business. Love you it. really don't. Farm that. Uh, farm that out. Get a bookkeeper. Get someone who can run that stuff for you, and then tell you what you need to know. Like. Literally, you can you can have your cup of coffee and talk numbers with someone. You don't have to look at P&Ls and balance sheets and cash flow statements. Someone has to, to tell you what the F is going on in your business. Yeah, amen, amen. Um, yeah, I will, I will admit to that. Like, I didn't get into business to, like, pay insurance and figure out hourly rates of people. And so I, when I finally turned that over to someone, I definitely enjoyed my business a lot more because I wasn't even good at it because I wasn't really even interested in it. Yeah, that's like telling someone to be a public speaker when they hate public speaking. Like, yes. why are you going to get them to do something that they don't necessarily want to do? Why don't you – I'm a big believer in focusing on your strengths and delegating the weaknesses. Amen. It's not really a weakness. It's more like you're just not into it. It's not you. Yeah, and it doesn't make you a bad business owner, right? No, not at all. Not at all. It's really just the fact, Lindsay, that you, A, are paying someone to help you, and B, that it, what you do with that information, you know, knowledge and clarity are power, and it's what you do with that. I think literally, I think it's a lot of what separates highly successful people from who are not is they do understand what's going on in their business from a financial standpoint. Although if you ask them to look at every single line item on a P&L, they'd be like, what? That's Chinese to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I will say, like like I said, when I've, I've been doing business for 10, I've been in this business for 10 plus years, but those first few years, it was kind of like, oh, you're going to pay me? Great. And then you would just kind of like churn out some work and send it over. But that obviously wasn't very profitable because we never had any money in the bank. And it was during those, I'm going to call them the darkest times where we owed a ton on payroll tax and everything like that that we actually sat down and said, how much is coming in? Where is it going? We tightened up our belt. And guess what? Now we're really successful. And that, and I totally think it's because we had to look at all those hard things. Yeah. Yeah. So for everyone listening out there, think about where you are. Think about what Lindsay just said. She made the decision to look at the numbers on a more deeper level. They to were get pretty. Her they were all negatives. Yeah, to set her up. And then you probably walked away with four things that you needed to do. Yes. 
And then once you did those, you started really tracking those and emphasizing and looking at those. Once you got your hand on those, then your business started to grow. So I think it's really like the three or four key things that are really important. And it all depends on each business owner what that is. Do you have some examples? Yeah, I think so. One of them is hiring the wrong employees. Another one, in my opinion, is literally your business model. Like, how do you make money? What is it that you have to do to make money? Are you working one on one? Are you trading hours for dollars? So that I don't like. I don't believe in that. Can you scale and get some leverage in your business? Can you work with people on a group basis? And then the most important thing, this is for both of my businesses, recurring revenue. All of my income is recurring in my business. I have two businesses. I would love it if everyone had recurring revenue. It's the best thing ever. So when people sign up for you to be their business financial guy, essentially you make them sign a six-month contract and you're calling that recurring revenue? No, it's not a six-month. It's it's We start with X. So I, I work both one-on-one with clients and then I work – uh, with a group. I have a group of students that, you know, we have a Facebook group. We talk once a week. It's a group coaching program. The group coaching program is monthly. My one-on-one clients are monthly. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about that Facebook group and your coaching program. How's that going? When did you start that? I started it a year ago. As of right now, I have about 13 women in there. It's so much fun. I think my messaging just has attracted women, and um, you know, I had a few guys. You're full of hair, right? Like that's what's happening. It's got to be, yeah. (laughs) But I think I think I'm non-judgmental. I'm really there as a partner for them. I want them to feel like you know that they can really take their businesses to the next level and make more money and have fun doing it and not feel so like shameful on where they are and so stressed out that. They're not really where they want to be. And this community is, man, I am chopped liver in there now. I am like a nothing. That's These awesome. women are killing it. Yeah. That's awesome. So may I ask, so where did these, so let's talk about your personal online marketing for your business. Where did these yeah. 13 ladies come from? Did they come from an email list? Were they current clients? Tell me. Well, they had to hug me. Oh. And by, I say that in the sense of, these women have not like found me on an email and then, you know, read an email, clicked a link, signed up for a strategy session and worked with me. Mm-hmm. Generally, they met me face to face. I'm in Los Angeles or they saw me speak or they heard me on a podcast and then we did like a Zoom call and then we established a relationship. So it's it's a lot of personal stuff yeah. rather than just you know, someone emailing and then clicking. It, it's more personal. I found that for money, people yeah. don't want to watch and buy an online course on money. They just don't want to. They want to do it with someone or they want it done for them. So my business model is part of it is done for you, but part of it is done with you. And that's at a very, very affordable price where anyone could pretty much afford it versus the done for you and all that. That's, yeah you know, a lot more. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's talk. So you have a book coming out, right, Justin? Yes, it's called Money, You Got This. Okay, and the premise is? The premise is, is you can have the best financial life ever, both personal and business financial life. You just need to get clear on 
what it is that you want in your life, your core values, and make decisions that are going to serve those values and get you to where you want to go. So um, it's like Seinfeld meets Curb Your Enthusiasm meets Money. It's a really funny book. I take all of my funny life experiences and tie in a money lesson to it. That's awesome. I like yeah. that. I like it a lot. When And Thank when does you. that come out? It came out a few days ago. Um, oh, okay. So it's currently on Amazon. You can just type in money, you got this, uh, and um, it'll be there. Or you can go to my site, and it's on my site as well. well your site is, just tell everybody? Yeah, jcrane, J-K-R-A-N-E. Dot com. Awesome. So let's talk about book launch. Did you do you have a big email list? Do you uh, did you do something cool to launch the book, or did you just kind of put it out there as a big business card? What what is your strategy for the book? Um, it's definitely something. I actually thought I'm like, okay, I got to build this whole platform so that you know when the book comes out, people will buy it. But what I knew and what I saw is that the platform was building while I was launching my book. Yeah. So I have, I mean, I was literally today just shot a TV gig for MSNBC before our podcast. That was a wow. result of the book. Um, so the big thing about the book for me was I was going to have to stand out and be open to people and be judged, criticized and, you know, put myself out there. That was very, very hard for me to do. I've always like stood like, behind the camera, if you will, uh, not in front of the camera. So it was very, very hard for me to do that. And I had to say, okay, I'm, this is it. I'm really going to put myself out there. So what did I do? My email list is like 3,000. I mean, it's it's 7,000, but I've deleted four of them because they're not engaged and the open yeah. rates aren't there and you know we've scrubbed it and all that. But I have basically, um, my plan was to connect with key influencers who have communities that could promote the book for me. So what did I have to do? What did I really want to do? Not have to. What did I want to do? I wanted to help them. Like simply help them. Teach their tribe about money. Come on a podcast and help them. Fly myself out and teach their mastermind. Wow. Go to their event and speak. You know, uh, promote their stuff. Promote their launches. Yeah. Interview them. And how and do then, you feel like that strategy is working for you? Uh, I, I definitely think it was good. I think it could have been better. Um, but um, I think that my my pages were good. The uh, pages meaning, the, you know, like the launch page. And the, I think the conversions were okay. I think they could have been better. But you know what? For my first book, to get it up and out there. And then I, Facebook has been so uh, good to me. Not in ads, but in the social proof. It's just been huge. The amount, the amount of support that I've gotten from everyone has just been like, it's a, it's a good thing. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Let's spend, if you don't mind, the last few sure. minutes of our interview. Um, so you're obviously a business financial planner, so you have a website. Have you, um, have you ever spent money on like search engine optimization, or is that just something you, you haven't found value in yet? Or... Uh, I have not spent money in search engine optimis optimization. I have um, tried the Facebook ad route, and How I'm probably uh, – I think I'm 0 for 4 on it. Oh. You know, you hire the Facebook ad gurus who are amazing, and um, none of the stuff really converted. 
And, um, you know, that's cold traffic. So you got to buy cold traffic and warm them up and all that kind of stuff. A new approach that we're taking now is um, writing content, yeah. uh, buying ads to promote that content, pixeling yeah. people and then retargeting them and all that stuff. That'll probably help me. Um, but I just look at my ROI, both with clients and people in my group. They didn't come from a Facebook ad. They came because of a personal connection. Yeah. Interesting. So have you, have, do you have a bad taste in your mouth over Facebook ads? Is it something like you're obviously still doing that? Do you have that hired out or is that something you're personally? Yeah, no, I've never run my own ads. I will not do that. You need someone who's really, really good. This is my view of it. When, so I'm a certified financial planner and I invest people's money and they will say, Oh, I don't want to invest in the stock market. It's always been bad. I've always lost money. Well, their timing was probably bad. They probably bought and sold at the wrong time. They didn't have a plan. They weren't long-term with it, and they didn't stick with it. Yeah. So if I'm 0 for 4 on Facebook, and then I say, oh, Facebook sucks, well, the reason why it sucks is my copy either was bad, the messaging was terrible, the targeting was bad, the audience was bad, the landing <laughs> the page stunk. <laughs> yeah, so it's not that Facebook's bad. The, the struggle, though, is that I hold myself out. This is I just learned this. As a money strategist, Facebook does not like that term. Right. They don't like money. I even nope. tried profit. They don't even like profit. No. So yeah, you're in a you're you're in as almost a heart of industry as like a weight loss client. Yeah. So it's very very hard. Words. Yeah. So what I decided um, is to hire someone that can help me get speaking gigs and TV gigs and podcasts. Awesome. To me, that's still investing in marketing and trying to get out there. I just am going about it in a different way. Plus, those people might be more valuable to you anyway, someone who listens to a half an hour podcast or sees your face on TV. Yeah. Like maybe, yeah, Facebook marketing may not be for everyone. Yeah, um, but I definitely, like, let me just say this. I am a full, I'm a firm believer in investing in your business. One of, the, I mean, at the... Most people need to invest between 5 and 10% of their sales in marketing. Wow. So if sales are 100 grand, you need to be investing 5 to 10 grand of your sales in marketing. And I would say not, 90% of people don't do that. Wouldn't you agree? No. Yeah, they're at like 2%. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, how do you think you're going to advance if you can't? You know, you know, you cannot onesie twosie it. You just you can't. You have to put some money in there to speed it up. I love that. So, do you personally, and you, you can pass on this? Do you oh, personally put in yeah. five to ten percent? No, I'm in like twenty. I'm in like twenty-five percent. Love that. That's a beautiful way to end this interview. Okay, I'm going to turn the rest of the time over to you. Tell us again where to find you and anything else I didn't ask you in this interview that we need to know. Yeah, so I gave a lot of nuggets. You know, some of them were make three times the rate of return on your investments. Uh, have an emergency account in your bank. You got to be making a profit. Think about hiring an employee. Maybe not a VA. Is you know, I'm giving guys a lot of like little things. And generally, at this point, everyone wants to throw up in a paper bag and freak out because they don't know what to do. Yeah. So I've I've distilled it down to three things that people should do to give them an idea of oh, okay, I got this. And I want to give those to you. All you need to do is go to my site, J. Oh, no, I have a new site. Actually, you'll like this, um, Lindsay. What I now have is a URL dedicated for being on a podcast so I can track it. 
Love good, it. right? Love it. Good okay. job. I was going to give my website, but but I have a new URL with an easy to remember name. What Cashflow, cashflowgift.com. Whoa. I know. I know. And I was coached on this because like, I'm not some tech ninja like you are. So I have this website. Go to cashflowgift.com. That'll get you to where you need to go. And you'll get the three things that you need to do. Very nice, Justin. That's very nice. All right. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. There you have it, folks. Another awesome episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. Hopefully this helped you out getting your mind wrapped around your money so you can make smarter business decisions. This is One Click Lindsay with TrafficandLeads.com, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. You've been listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast, featuring online marketing expert One Click Lindsay. Tune in each week to experience Lindsay's unique gift for helping entrepreneurs and small business owners accelerate the growth of their business by strategically getting them more traffic and powerful leads. To make sure you don't miss a single business building show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and OneClickLindsay.com. If you know someone who would benefit from more traffic and leads, please tell them about the Traffic and Leads podcast. And finally, to learn more about working with Lindsay and her dedicated team of marketing experts, please visit OneClickLindsay.com. Now go and implement what you've learned, and we'll see you next week for another episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. And remember, the solution to your slow growth is just one click away.